0: Welcome to Misfits and Mystics Podcast, where we have conversations intersecting faith, mental health, artistry, and social justice. We're so glad you're here. So get cozy,
1: but not too cozy because we do keep it real on this podcast.
0: Listen with care
1: and enjoy. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm good. took me a little minute. So this is different because it's the first time we're recording in the morning, but um, we're here, and I'm actually up now. <laughs> it took me a long minute <laughs> to get up.
0: I was actually low-key grateful because I was like, yeah, go ahead and take you a little minute so I can make these eggs real
1: quick. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I was actually like mad when I first woke up. <laughs> I don't know what. I just remember, um, there's a bear, like, in this, I'm not in my bed, I'm in my sister's bed, and, uh, so I woke up and there was a bear, like, on me, and I'm like, where did this even come from? Like, yeah, mad at the bear and, like, threw it across the bed. I'm just like, what? It's okay. Calm down. <laughs> it's okay. Just, you know, but it's cool. I'm here, and I'm excited to talk about this. I'm excited to see where this conversation goes, um. It should be interesting.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I'm actually excited. I think the universe lined this up perfect for me. Yes. So,
1: we can
0: just, yeah.
1: All right. (laughs) So, let's get right into it. Um, This week's episode, we are talking about Megan Good. We're not really about Megan Good. We're talking about... This article that came out um, a couple weeks ago about Megan Good. Uh, it came from a, a radio interview on the DL Hughley show where Megan Good was talking about how she doesn't really attend church often because of criticism from fellow Christians. And so, uh, yeah, I'll just start by reading um, the main parts of the article. Article. So it says, Megan Good is a devout Christian and is even the wife of a preacher. However, she recently admitted that she does not enjoy going to church for one specific reason. She says, I do go to church, not all the time, though, because if I'm being completely honest, my experience with some church folks has not been that positive. It's unfortunate because we're supposed to be the biggest lovers. And it's like, even if you disagree with someone or you don't think what they're doing is right, you're supposed to mind your own business and pray for that person. Oftentimes, you're supposed to correct in love. Oh, no, other times, you're supposed to correct in love if that's what God told you to do. And there was no correction in love. It was a complete assault. Hmm. Then, there's another part. um, Well, so, basically, they were saying, well, further into the interview, she was talking about the situation that she's been in. When she's talking about the complete assault. And it's been people commenting on her career and, you know, like certain Uh, movies that she's been in and how she'll have like sex scenes or like what she has to wear in the movie or you know whatever Mm -hmm. I think pretty much everyone saw the video um a while back when they were like at some like live talk show thing or something did you see that and the lady was like asking questions but like she was it was like she was trying to ask a question but then she just turned around like look let me just say it I feel like and he shut it down um, uh, so apparently she deals with those same things when she goes to church, which I just could not understand why that would be the case. People would just be like, did you come from me or did you come from God? But we'll get to that. Um, she says one person who has no problem with her occasionally steamy, well, she didn't say this, <laughs> steamy on screen roles is her pastor husband. They so extra. Pastor husband. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, She said, you know what's interesting about him is I'll call and be like, okay, honey, I'm about to do this sex scene. And he'll just be like, okay, well, just make it look real because you really want the audience to root for you. (laughs) You want them to care about the relationship. That's what's going to drive the movie through. So he's like, just get into it. So basically, everybody has these issues and her husband is like chilling. I mean, confident, like, I'm not worried about it. She's just doing her job, which is great because I think that most artists who know that their career could lead them to spaces like that, that's something that they think about, their partner being someone who is not gonna trip and be like, well, you shouldn't be doing this now because we're married, so you gotta stop doing it. And it's like, it's just my career. People need to understand the person that they're with like you can't just you know so yes let's talk about this yeah um
0: I first of all Megan Good I've always loved Megan Good everybody who knows me knows how much I love Megan Good um (laughs) but aside from how much I love her and the work that she does as an actress. I have always been so intrigued by her story, I guess, because it's such an interesting dynamic to be married to someone who's a pastor, and then you are working in an industry that when we talk about the church versus Hollywood, the two are often depicted against each other. Mm -hmm. Um, And there's always this narrative of a culture war between the two uh, settings. And so I've always found it very interesting how she has continued to just sort of work with ease, Mm -hmm. uh, unapologetically. Um, Because I think when she, you know, announced that she was getting married... In my mind, I was thinking, oh, is she going to be like one of those people that falters to that expectation, you know, that, oh, now that I'm married and particularly I'm married to a pastor. So now I'm only going to take on conservative roles Mm -hmm. or roles that depict me in a certain light to maintain this image that we have about creatures wives, I guess. Right. But instead, she was like, no, I am an actress. I love doing movies and television shows that I believe in and that I'm passionate about. And some of those roles aren't going to be um, these nice cookie cutter, safe roles. She's, done some very like bold work since getting married. Um, I saw her in a film called A Girl Like Grace and the role that she played was very jarring and um, just so had so much depth to it. But the role required her to do certain things that people wouldn't, you know, peg her to do based on like her, Life as a as a wife to a preacher, but what people have to understand is it's acting.
1: Right, literally. <laughs>
0: she's not she's not playing herself. She is playing a character, a fictional character, um, to tell a story, and the stories that she tells are very important and very real, and speak into a lot of issues that particularly the black community needs to be talking about. Like the film, A Girl Like Grace, it was about a young girl whose best friend has just committed suicide. And we see her journey of how she's dealing with that grief while also, also processing her own identity as a a person that, um, was attracted to her best friend and is like questioning her sexuality and um, dealing with uh, bullying and homophobia in her school and in her community and even in her home with her mother. Um, And she kind of goes on this journey and Megan Good's character is the older sister of her best friend and they form this friendship and we get to see the all the layers that come with grief and identity and acceptance. And, you know, it was a really special film. And I feel like we get so caught up in maintaining image that we don't think about the importance of, like, what actors like Megan Good and, like, people directing and producing films like this are doing because we're so caught up on like, no, you're supposed to dress this way. You're supposed to talk this way. Um, And anything that goes outside of that is wrong, but it's like, no, she is telling a really important story that I believe would spark important dialogue. And um, so, yeah, I've just always respected her for, being like bold and brave to take on projects like that, despite the ignorance that she receives from the community. Um, And yeah, I get it. Like, I get it. I get where she's coming from, like the frustration of dealing with people who cross that line between, you know, sharing their opinion or thinking that they're correcting in love versus assaulting her and um i think people think assault is just physical but there's verbal assault as well and church folk are i mean i think we've said this on the show before are notorious for not respecting boundaries and respecting people's no and respecting people's decisions and having um uh, having the respect for grown-ass adults mm-hmm. <laughs> to, to, to trust that they are able to make their own decisions according to what's good and fruitful for their life. And what's good and fruitful for Megan's life may not be the same thing for somebody else. And that is totally okay. Yeah. Um, but we struggle to live in the tension of difference because we've been told the narrative that Christians are supposed to look a certain way and be a certain way and be put in a box. And when we do that, we are honestly disrupting the glorious work of the divine, because like I said, the work, the types of movies that Megan is doing, they're telling good stories. And I think, are impacting lives. And to me, that's ministry. (laughs) Um, All this frou-frou stuff, performative bullshit in churches these days, that's not ministry to me. To me, like, Megan utilizing her gift for acting to tell good, important stories is holy work. (laughs) Yeah, I would agree.
1: Yeah, going off of you, you went into where I was going to start with it just like the main thought that a lot of Christians, it's definitely not everybody, but a lot of Christians feel like Christianity is being conservative. Mm -hmm. Like they feel like (laughs) that goes hand in hand. I feel like they take the scripture, uh, be not conformed to this world. And, and it's literally just like, we can't do nothing that they doing. So look, I just, and you would think that that wouldn't be the case because like, if that was really the thinking, then there would be so much that even those people would not be doing. Like maybe we would be more like the Amish if that was really the case. And we were really gonna like not be conformed. We're gonna like not even be a part of the world at all. Like we're gonna create our own community and just be in here. Cause that's pretty much what that is. Um, But, you know, people do what they want to do, and then there are the things that they don't partake in, and they feel like, well, you know, I'm not going to do that, because that's being conformed, and that's, you know, crossing the line of what we're supposed to be and look like. Um, And and it's, honestly, when you really think about it a little further in in the side of therapy, I have a friend who just told me that her therapist, and I've heard this before, Um, because I think I actually kind of struggle with the same thing at times but she's in the process right now of um, her therapist trying to help her understand that you don't need to live your life in should-bes you know sometimes you get so caught up in like something is really bothering you because you feel like it should be this way and it's not this way so you feel like it's going wrong and when you have that mindset all the time then there's always going to be an issue and so she's working on basically not putting all these constraints on her life and just like more so allowing her life to flow and herself to flow with it and working from there. Um, And I think that that's one of the biggest downfalls of um, church community is that we probably could be more of a community if we didn't live in should be's, because if that was the case, then it wouldn't be all these things of, I'm setting a standard for this other person as opposed to they have their standard according to whatever their relationship is with God. And if if I have that relationship with them and they allow me into that space and they want me to hold them accountable, then from there, okay, but I'm doing it from the standard that they have, not from my standard. Because my standard might not even be the same as your standard. So a very basic foundation of like y'all thinking is just all. So, of course, you're going to feel like, Megan, oh, you saw a little bit of her skin. She's a married woman. You feel like you shouldn't see that. So, now, all of a sudden, you feel like you have the right to tell her she's wrong or she needs to put on more clothes. I don't think that that's acceptable. And it's just, like, that's not your space at all. Like, yeah, again, like, <laughs> boundaries within, like, church community, like, be almost not even a thing unless i found it really interesting when i talk to uh some of my friends and they tell me things that they've experienced in church and it's not even like necessarily bad things but more so just like people just saying certain things to them and they i'm always like wow like somebody said that to you or like you experienced that like what made them think so that makes me look at myself because i'm like i never have some of these experiences. Of course, I've had my experience, but I've never had some of the experience that they have. And it's like, you almost have to go into the situation in the same way you would in a space that you're not necessarily comfortable in. Like, you have to go in with guards up. And like, as Megan was saying, like, we're supposed to be the most loving people. Like, that's one of the biggest things that God tells us to do is to love. Like, it's the most important thing. But it's like, a space that does not cultivate love, you automatically go in feeling guarded. And that's not useful for a time of collective worship. We all in here guarded, but trying to like worship together. like, it's just not, it's just not, Uh, it's not clicking, it's not working out. <laughs> like, it's just, it's a constant, like, um, I don't want to say battle, because that word is so basic for like what I'm trying to explain. It's, um, I don't even know the word it's just uncomfortable okay like (laughs) church church can be so uncomfortable like the fact that I myself have had to do the work personally like to build myself up before going to church literally have had to have talks with myself and be like okay when you go in just be focused like you know be be kind, speak to people, you know, but also, like, stay stay focused, like, you're there to worship, and, like, being amongst the people is cool, but, like, you don't really feel safe right now, but, like, don't get anxious, don't be, like, hold talks with myself before going into a place that's supposed to be a safe haven, just because the people, like, you just don't know what you're going to experience, and so, for me, like, I'm glad I haven't had some experience, people have said things about, like, clothing and stuff I mean I don't really be wearing nothing special to church anyway but <laughs> I don't um but even like you know going out and stuff like I think about that type of stuff um if I go out and you know I run into a church member somewhere and they see me like buy some 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 stuff for smoking or something like I just be like I wonder like how that situation will go. My thing is, I'm going to do it, period. It's okay. <laughs> but I just wonder how I will react in that situation. Like, what would that conversation be like? And naturally, when you feel like you're being attacked, something that, you know, you do or that's a part of you or whatever, um, oftentimes we do, you know, go into, like, fight mode and it becomes um, a crazy situation. And it's not that that's wrong because feel disrespected then you're not gonna just be like well you're kind of disrespecting me right now so I'm gonna walk away listen if I had that type of control that would be great but I'd be ready to go off with people at all times (laughs) so that's not the case so like I don't know it hasn't happened yet um but I, I think about that type of stuff all the time and it's like if it's in the mindset of me watching what I'm doing for the sake of um I guess my reach or whatever, when it comes to like talking to people about Christianity and stuff like that's fine. But at the same time, I'm not one to be like, oh, I'm going to have this like secret private life and then be trying to like put on to be something else. That's not the case. There's certain things that I won't share, you know, off back. But like, if you ask me, I've always been, a, if you ask me and I want to tell you, I'll tell you, even if you're not going to like the answer. Like, that's just what it is. Um, but it sucks that like, People, not even just Megan, because it's so many people who literally don't even want to step foot in churches. And people are always like, well, you shouldn't, you shouldn't let people get to you like that. And like, um, then the people who are like, well, really going to church is not that important. And then they pull up the, well, the Bible says, do not forsake the assembly. You know, whatever, all of that stuff. And it's like, yes, this is all true, but at the same time, as a human being with emotions, like that stuff don't you can't just throw that at people and just be like basically you're telling them it's fine just come be abused but just don't stop leaving like don't stop coming to church Yeah, it's okay like you'll be fine you'll be fine even though you're telling me that people have verbally abused you maybe people even have physically assaulted you like whatever it is that you experienced the trauma and stuff like it's okay just keep coming to church because like you'll you'll be fine. Like Jesus will help you through all of that. And that's, that's, I'm not saying that's not true at all because I absolutely believe that God, you know, wherever you believe in will help you, <laughs> but you don't need to stay in the place that abused you for God to like help you through something like, no, I'm good. Cause now I'm putting myself in a traumatic situation and, and, and making this abuse or this trauma, whatever I may experience, um, an even deeper womb. That's how it was for me after my situation where I wasn't comfortable, um, around the people, at the church that I was going to, I was still forcing myself to go because one, I, I was on the dance ministry and so I'm still dancing. And I was just like, let me stop doing this because I ain't even in this no more. But like, the dance ministry didn't hurt me or nothing, but like, I could not even fully be in the church setting like i was literally angry all the time anytime i was there i was going out of obligation and because i felt like at that time i i didn't have the uh i guess the confidence or just the the full understanding that you don't have to go to church like it was such a routine for me that i was just like okay i don't want to go but like i'm supposed to go to church like i need to go to church so i was going but not getting anything from it because i was so shut down like i wasn't comfortable there so yeah you don't have to you know continue to hurt yourself yeah just for the sake of being with the the church people like i had some great worship sessions at home okay (laughs) great worship sessions
0: and i guess i guess that so it's so funny that you say all of this because Yesterday, I had a really unique experience. So earlier in the week, as you know, I I got a call from my friend who asked me to come um, watch her dad's dog. And um, I was, you know, dog sitting, house sitting for the weekend. And uh, when I was telling my mom where I was going to be, um, she was asking me about my schedule on Sunday because usually... I have rehearsal but this particular week we didn't because it's summertime and we're we're kind of in transition right now and so I told her that I was going to um a gathering at at around 3 30 um which I will talk a little bit about later in shameless plug but um she laughed and was like oh so you can come to church then yeah. And I looked at her and laughed and I know that she wasn't being like, she wasn't saying like, you have to go to church or you should mm-hmm. go. But I know that it delights her when I do attend church. And I think in recent years, me particularly going to the church that I grew up in, which is the church that my parents are still members of. It's more of a, a way to share something with her and spend time with her. Mm -hmm. And so I basically was like, well, I'll see, you know, maybe I'll come, maybe I won't. And so I never confirmed with her if I was going to attend. And I literally didn't decide make the final decision until, like, an hour before <laughs> the service. Like, I'm literally laying on the couch thinking, hmm, this couch is really comfortable, and I would love to just <laughs> here with this dog who is so loving and fun and cute. And then I was like, hmm, I'm gonna get up and I'm gonna take a shower, and then I'm just gonna listen to my body and mm-hmm. see what happens, and my body just you know, led me to church. And I, I recognized that part of my desire to go to church was, it was first Sunday. And at that church, we do communion on first Sunday. And um, the day before I uh, watched the live stream of Rachel Held Evans funeral, and they did communion, they, they partook in the Eucharist. And I just felt compelled to be in somebody's church and take the Lord's Supper Um, as a almost as an act of resistance. (laughs) (laughs) Because um, like I've mentioned before, uh, the first time I took took communion since coming out, like was at Evolving Faith Conference. And Rachel was the one who served me. Mm-hmm. Um so I felt at, since that moment I have felt like certain um practices like communion um is is an act of resistance for me as a as a queer person in churches um because a lot of churches probably feel like I'm I'm unworthy to receive the Lord's supper so me going before the table boldly is is an act of resistance for me, Mm -hmm. um, and is healing for me. Um, so I was like, yeah, I want to, I, I, I went with the intention of, I want to receive communion. And I also would like to spend some time with my mother because I've been gone like out of the house for a few days. I get to I get to the church and my mom is so like, "Oh my god." Like, we <laughs> came. <laughs> and I I felt delighted to to bring her joy and um I enjoyed aspects of the service. I recognize though that there are certain things about church services that no longer resonate with me and I have reconciled the feelings of guilt or shame for that, Um, you know, because I wonder, like, oh, does this, like, lessen my worth as a Christian or someone who believes in Jesus, like, if I'm not resonating with what's happening in the the service, particularly with the sermon, because it's like, you know, like no shade to the, to the pastor, but it's just like, I'm not resonating with anything you're saying. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of checked out at this point. So then later in the afternoon, I went to this gathering, which wasn't a church, wasn't a church service, um, but was very much um, to me uh, rooted in some spiritually minded uh Practice, I guess you could say, but um, there they were doing a, a a talk, a panel, a dialogue about gender and sexuality and identity, and there were, there was a lot of fruitful conversation that happened. But they also did some practices that you know had like had me to like ground myself and root myself and think about things in a different way from a different lens um, and how we share in, in community in this world as human beings. And I thought to myself, you know, if church was designed like this gathering where everybody is open and able to participate and even the people that are leading or facilitating things, you know, it's it's not hierarchical it's mm-hmm. it's like everyone taking ownership of their experience their knowledge and their worth and then passing along that piece to other people to say come come co-labor with me in this work and let's learn together i think if church was it was set up more like that i would go mm-hmm. <laughs> all the time but I, and I talked to my, my dad about it and, and we were, you know, talking about how everybody has different needs in different seasons. So there was a season in my life where the structure of a lot of churches was feeding me, was um, giving me, meeting my needs. And now I have outgrown some of those things. And my needs need to be met in other ways. And I'm finding communities and spaces that meet those needs that may not necessarily look like, or even feel like uh, what the Christian life is supposed to (laughs) look like Mm or the things that they, they told us are supposed to look like Um, and really, really doing the work to like reconcile those, those feelings of guilt or shame for like being being happy and being fulfilled, I guess. And so I think church like you were saying, we're so caught up in the should be's, and I think I'm I'm trying to move past like well, church should be like this, and since it's not like this, then I'm just either going to wallow in anger and resentment while forcing myself to go, or I'm just not going to go and still wallow in anger and resentment (laughs) um, as I sit at home because I don't have an alternative, I guess. Um, And now I'm in a space where I'm seeking those alternatives. I'm, I'm giving myself permission to be okay with the intentions so when I went to church I was like it's okay that my intentions for being in this place may not match the intentions of everyone else in this place um and it doesn't lessen my value or worth as a person or a child of God or any of the ways that I choose to identify so I always question like If people are even mindful of why, like, why do you go to church? And not to ask yourself to judge those reasons, but to just be mindful of it and be honest about those reasons. And I think because people aren't mindful of the reasons why they go to church and then also be showing grace to others for having different reasons mm-hmm. is part of the reason why like people feel so obligated to shove their opinions down your throat when you aren't displaying actions or images that reflect what they feel needs to be part of the context of church life <laughs> mm-hmm. And and with Megan Good, I mean, she's a celebrity, so I think she's dealing with a lot of those things in the church setting because that is part of her, her experience and her narrative. But, you know, I think we all know that celebrities, regardless of the context that they're in, are going to receive massive amounts of criticism, whether it's warranted or not, because that comes with the territory of having a platform. but um it is disheartening because you would think that the one place that she would be safe from exactly. um, those types of critiques and attacks would be from her siblings in Christ. but it's quite the opposite and I <laughs> we don't really do this a lot, but I would like to reference a passage in the Bible. <laughs> 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 i think about this passage all the time when we have these types of conversations um it's in romans 14 and turn your bibles turn your bibles <laughs> if you have them read along <laughs> with me i'm reading from the um new international version this is not a bible study guys so. <laughs> okay um Whoever abstains does so to the Lord and gives thanks to God. For none of us lives for ourselves alone, and none of us dies for ourselves alone. If we live, we live for the Lord, and if we die, we die for the Lord. So whether we live or die, we belong to the Lord. For this very reason, Christ died and returned to life so that he might be the Lord of both the dead and the living. You then... Why do you judge your brother or sister? Why do you treat them with contempt? For we will all stand before God's judgment seat. It is written, as surely as I live, says the Lord, every knee will bow before me, every tongue will acknowledge God. So then each of us will give an account of ourselves to God. So.
1: Facts. Yeah,
0: I mean, to give a little context. You know, at that time, like there were these disputable matters about like, uh, like, the 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 diet, like should you eat meat? You know, because they're in a time where Jews and Gentiles are starting to come together. There's these arguments about do Gentiles have a right to um, the conversion without you know following Jewish law and customs and and culture and everything like that. And, you know, Paul's like, listen, all this shit that y'all arguing about, like, who's eating meat, who's not eating meat, who's observing the Sabbath, who's not observing the Sabbath, you know, who's wearing this, who's wearing that, all that shit doesn't matter because Christ has redeemed all of us. Christ loved all of us. And so all of us have the right and the authority to pursue God and to live for God. And I've always like, I always go back to that passage because to me, it's saying that we all have different ways of living and what is good for me may not be good for you. If eating meat is, is, is triggering for you or a stumbling block, as they say, <laughs> for you, um, then don't eat meat. If, if eating meat is not good for you, don't do it. And I will honor that and respect that and encourage you in that. But for me, meat doesn't bother me. It doesn't lead me on a path to destruction. And so I'm going to continue to flourish eating meat. Mm-hmm. Um, now, if you find that, hey, you know what, you um, eating meat is actually harmful because x y and z and you can actually present to me a valid argument of how eating meat is harmful to living beings um like this is actual like tangible conversation that people are having today then i'm 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 my ears are open and i will begin to assess but it shouldn't be because you are this high and mighty sanctimonious person being like, "Well, if you eat meat, then you don't love God." It should be coming from a place of like wanting your your sibling in Christ to to flourish and to honor like creation and 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 edify one another. But some things just like like in Megan's case okay so she's wearing a revealing outfit so what (laughs) (laughs) what does that have to do with you right how is that harmful to you or to her um because as stated her husband he doesn't have an issue with her wearing what she wants to wear and being in the types of movies that she's in, he, he is delighted in her work as an actress. Somebody else's spouse may take issue with that. And that is between them and their marriage. I have my (laughs) own opinions about marriage in general, and maybe we'll talk about that on another episode, but (laughs) you know, What goes on between them, that's, that's them and their marriage, whatever they have agreed upon as a couple, that's between them. And as long as it's not uh, coming from a place of abuse or control or harm, why, like, we don't, we don't need to uh, insert ourselves in, in, in that agreement in that relationship and so yeah I just (laughs) I'm always perplexed why people feel the need to force others to conform to to sameness Mm -hmm. because I don't think we were created for sameness I think I think God delights in diversity in all aspects and that difference doesn't equal bad difference is beautiful and we all just need to do better about respecting people's choices and let them flourish in them um and give people their autonomy back um and let their yeses be yes and their nos be nos um and I think in Megan's case I hope that she feels empowered to be strong in her nose when people are attempting to infiltrate their unwanted, unmerited opinions onto her, particularly in church settings because, you know, you have the face-to-face interaction and access to people in that way. And so I hope that when she does attend church that she feels empowered to set those necessary boundaries with people um, because no one has the right to invade your space and your territory and try to strong arm you into thinking like they think, you know, Mm -hmm. and that it's okay if you want to have a dialogue with Megan to be like, I'm interested to know uh, why you have chosen to do this role or you know, why you choose to express yourself in this way, but not coming from a place of judgment, but coming from a place of wanting to understand and to learn about another individual so that we may in turn learn about ourselves. Because I always find that when I have dialogue with people that are different from me and are making different choices, I'm always eager to learn, to understand. And then when I start to listen to their perspective, I then learn something about my own perspective, um, and, and learning about me, um, I think Chris, we as Christians have gone so far off the deep end where we've stopped posturing ourselves to learn and to grow and it's been more about how like rushing to get everybody saved Mm. and to conform to a certain way of of being and we've just missed the mark completely and it's not producing good fruit and Jesus said if it's you know a bad apple you gotta throw that shit out so um (laughs) I mean, I'm paraphrasing. Right, <laughs> I'm paraphrasing. I love like pra- paraphrasing and like putting putting things in, into the way that I would say them. But um, yeah,
1: it makes it more. Yeah,
0: to, to make it to make it make sense, you know, right. make, make it make plain. Sense. You know, <laughs> um, you Get know, the old things say, yeah. make it plain, preacher, make it plain. So, <laughs> I,
1: yeah. So this this has me thinking about. um conversation is a very quick conversation and I don't even know who this conversation was with but I just remember being in a space where people were talking about um Kanye and this I guess church like thing he has going on honestly I haven't looked too much into it like I've just seen the videos but I really haven't like looked up anything or like asked too many questions but there was a comment made about I've seen two different sides so I've seen the side that people are like this is annoying because this it feels like it's like a, a a real experience, but at the same time it's like a almost like a museum viewing for white people to see black people doing church or whatever, mm-hmm. um, which is not the view that I'm taking right now. That just was an interesting com- comment to me. But the part that I want to talk about really quick um, is your thoughts on someone saying that as. Random as it is for Kanye to just pop up <laughs> with this, um, oh I think it was a comment. I think somebody asked him about being a pastor or something, and he said, I think he said something like, I mean yeah, that'll be fine. Like I'm not, I'm not trying to be that, but you know whatever. Um, so the person who I was around who was talking, they were saying like the funny thing about it is it's really not that simple for somebody to just be like, oh I'm a pastor. However with the type of power and money that Kanye has, he's already kind of started this, you know, this situation or whatever. Um, And they were like, the crazy thing about it is he probably would be a really big influential church gathering, gatherer, whatever you want to call it, um, for Chicago. And it probably would grow faster than any other church ever has. In Chicago now if you know anything about churches in Chicago there have been so many different like during different eras there's always been like the church that everybody's attention is drawn to this mega church over here they're doing this for the community they have this much money they have this pastor and it literally changes all the time according to the era which makes sense to me Um, and so for Kanye in this church thing. I don't think that they have word. Like, do they do the word? I've only seen, like, them, like, singing. Yeah, I don't know. I've only seen them singing, so it's basically just, like, church. I mean, honestly, with how church has been changing and people's, like, interest in church and how it's done is, I would say, honestly, a good choice. not to say, like, the word is not necessary, but... Um, I just, I I do think that it would draw a lot of attention. I've seen so many people say like, oh, I want to go to this. I want to blah, 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 blah. And it's not even necessarily people who attend church all the time. So clearly it has, you know, um, it's grabbing people's attention. So given all that, given what we're talking about with Megan and situations that so many other people have been in with the criticism that can come from the organized or usual organized uh, church setting, what are your thoughts on, Kanye doing this like pop-up worship thing how do you think that that would influence people uh going to church and I guess like their comfort level because it's like in that setting to me I would assume you don't really have time to be doing all that extra it's like the in-between times or like the fellowship after church where all the comments and stuff come and you could stay for that after Kanye's service I don't really know how it goes but I imagine it's literally like just this free flowing setting where you just come come and worship and then leave. I think that that's how it is. So like, what are your thoughts on that and how that can uh, possibly re- reroute the way that things have been?
0: Well, yeah, I, I I I don't know much about this new endeavor <laughs> that Kanye <laughs> is pursuing. Um, I have my I have my personal feelings about Kanye West, but um, I'm going to. I'm going to offer grace to my brother and just talk about the work that he's doing. But, uh, he, I think it's a great idea, particularly because he is an artist and a celebrity and has the platform. I think he obviously is going to attract a certain type of people, people with influence and power and money and, as much as we love to sort of create a narrative that pe- the people with influence and power and money are these like evil um, manipulated, manipulative uh, monsters, um, at the end of the day, I, j- I can't help but feel like empathy for, for people that have, that, that amount of power and that amount of influence. Um, And I would imagine that it can get very lonely um, at times. And those people need a safe space to gather and worship and co-labor with one another in the things that they wish to, to pursue and be a part of. Mm -hmm. So I think somebody like Kanye creating a space where people are safe to do that is great Um, and probably very necessary, particularly in a city like Chicago where, you know, there's so many people that live there that, you know, are put placed on pedestals and just need that outlet where nobody's going to, you know, judge you or try to prevent you from being who you are. Um I again I think if you're in a in a season in your life where you really just need a place to worship freely and without having to deal with the the labor of the socializing and um <laughs> all of that stuff Mm-hmm. but you would you would like to experience uh worship like with others then yeah, yeah. but I guess like it wouldn't be for everybody um because some people they some people really flourish and and are fulfilled by the fellowship aspect mm-hmm. of the church like you know like even yesterday when i was at imaginarium i as much as i like enjoyed like the the conversation the practices that we did together um it was the conversations like before and after that were equally as fruitful and fulfilling for me and like getting to meet people and you know share aspects of myself was really nice but as someone who is an introvert, sometimes that can be very overwhelming. And I would love to just sometimes be in a space where, like, I don't feel obligated to, like, stick around and, you know. Mm-hmm. And some of that is the whole, like, fellowship aspect, which is what you were saying, like, the where a lot of these assaults happen, um in the comments and and exchanges and things like that. I think it's partly the culture that is created. So, if your church culture is very much rooted in uniformity, then during fellowship time, it's very easy for people to point out like the diff- your your difference and what makes you Variant, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, Versus, if your church culture is more about like, you know, be who you are, and we accept you for who you are, and this is a free, open space, then the fellowship time wouldn't be as daunting. It might be exciting because nobody has a hidden agenda um, that you have to figure out and navigate through but it's like hey we're all people and we just want to worship freely and hang out and you know do our thing so but you're not obligated I think that's people like if you create a culture where it's like we invite you I love churches that use language like we invite you to do this we invite you to do that um Please feel safe to do this. We want, but also encouraging people to take care of themselves as they engage in certain practices and experiences. I think that's so important when I hear words like invitation or safety, um, awareness, mindfulness. It opens me up to, to be open to participate, but also not feel ashamed for not,
1: Mm -hmm. (laughs)
0: Versus, And that was something like the difference, like like going to Imaginarium versus like going to church in the morning. It was like, when I went to church, it the language was very much like, you need to be doing this. You're obligated to do this. And if you're not doing these things, then there's something wrong with you. Like the whole, come on, let's put our hands together. Give God some praise. You ought to give him praise. <clears throat> sort of like, how dare you not? clap your hands and lift your hands and say, hallelujah, you know, things like I get like hearing the pastor again, no shade, but like, okay, I'm going to keep it real. Like I I cannot stand it when pastors are, and preachers and worship leaders are like, I, you know, I get, I get, I get eerie. I get concerned when people don't want to praise God and they don't want to be thankful for what he's done. And it's like, I am thankful, but Um, my expression of gratitude isn't matching yours. Mm -hmm. Um, Like even how we express how we feel and our experiences, when we try to force that uniformity, like everybody should be clapping, everybody should be standing to their feet, which by the way, people, how else do you stand but on your feet? So why are you saying stand on your feet? The next time a pastor says stand on your feet, I'm literally going to do a handstand.
1: I saw, I saw your tweet, and I was like, wait, (laughs) I didn't know if it was, like, the wording, because you, like, um, capitalized on, and I was like, okay, wait, is this, like, weird to say this, or does she just mean, in general, like, just say stand, so I, I got you now.
0: Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. So, how else do you stand? (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) sidetracked,
0: um, yeah, like, it's 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 the like even the language we use and the language we use cultivates the culture you know that is being created and I I would assume um I don't want to assume but I I would like to think that the type of environment that Kanye is trying to create maybe isn't that like but has more of a inviting, like, hey, we invite you to do this. Um, if you want to participate in this, like, good for you. If not, you know, no no shade, no judgment. Um, like a very come as you are type of thing. And I think people like Kanye, people like Megan, and even people like you and me, where we are rooted, have roots in, a Christian tradition, a church tradition, and particularly in the Black community, like you, I have yet to meet a Black person that doesn't have some sort of foundation or experience as a young person, like experiencing church, um, particularly like Black church, um, and the Black church is very much like anchored in Black culture and how we how we relate to one another in community. And so the so church is very important and a lot of people want to honor those those roots and those foundations but struggle to maintain a healthy relationship with that community because you know as we evolve in our beliefs and in our in our lifestyle choices in our convictions you know it's hard to find a safe space where I can you know, express how I want to express. I want to thank God and worship God. Like I want to do all those things, but I, I don't want to deal with the baggage of the abuse um and the trauma that I experienced. You know, particularly in my case, like I would love to to go to church all the time and and praise God. And I love I love listening to gospel music. I love hymns. Oh, it just it 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 soothes me. It feeds my soul. But I don't want to, but at what cost, you know? like I don't want to have to deal with bringing up the trauma of you know being told that you know you're going to hell or you're um you're unworthy or you are less than because you know you like girls so
1: um
0: I would love I think it's great I think if he's going to create a space that's inclusive and um celebrates diversity and openness and freedom, then do it. Um, And maybe others will, like, mirror that um, because he is an influencer of of a sort. Um, I don't know. Like, I know that there are people creating spaces, not even, like, within particularly, like, church context, but where those things can come to rise. Like, I think there's this this uh, gathering that happens in LA, like Taco Tuesday, I saw a video of, um, well, he he used to go by Tone, but he is now B. Slade, you know, mm-hmm. um, and, uh, you know, B. Slade used to be a gospel artist, and then when he came out, everybody was like, you're done, <laughs> we don't want to deal with you anymore, we always thought you were weird, but this is... <laughs> <laughs> This is too much. And B Slade was like, "Well, I didn't want to be boxed in with y'all anyway. I'm right. an artist, and um, and some of the artistry is going to be more rooted in gospel music, but some of it isn't. And um, I saw a video of him singing at this taco Tuesday gathering, and there, like I saw in the video there were other uh, artists like Jordan Sparks was in the room and but he was singing total praise and, you know, like you could, you could tell in the room, like there were people there of all different backgrounds and uh, faith traditions and uh, beliefs and everything. Um, but ushered those people into a worship experience when, you know, they probably initially came for the tacos and the singing and the partying and the drinks um, and all of that. But he, he, he shared his heart and and his roots are in the church and total praise is the black church anthem okay mm-hmm. so um i just it was like beautiful to see that i think if if more spaces could be available uh where where people you know like you and i have have gathered together where like we're going to take shots <laughs> Of tequila, but then we're gonna we're gonna also talk about the Bible or mm-hmm. what God is doing, and um, you know, sort of this cussing and praying,
1: right?
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, that we have, and that's why I, I love our friendship because I have that that freedom to to do that with you um, in ways that I don't feel like I have the freedom to do that with with other people who identify as Christian because it's either like all or nothing like you either like we're gonna be if we're gonna be holy then we can't you know do all this other stuff but I feel like that negates like the realness the rawness and then it becomes like well you're just being fake because like you were talking about like people start creating secret lives and Mm. for a while I think I was doing that like I was living like a double life because You know, I didn't feel comfortable to bring my full self to the table, but now I'm, I'm interacting with people who are like, yeah, I love God. I love, um, I'm rooted in my faith tradition, but I'm also a person and like, it's okay to, to enjoy yourself. (laughs) So, um,
1: yeah. That's So I want to end this conversation with scripture, we in scriptures, we in the Bible today, baby. Okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I mean, I mentioned it earlier, but like, I feel like people have their, um, what do you call it? People have like their key scriptures that, like, is like, oh, I feel like people's key scripture sometimes is like their favorite scripture. But I feel like if there's like a key scripture, for the basis of what Christianity is supposed to be and present itself as to others will be 1 Corinthians 13, 13. And all the stuff before it, you can read all of that and it, it goes right along with it. So don't think that I'm not reading it just to like make my point and skip and the rest of it because you know some people will do that. Mm-hmm. It, take a scripture and like the rest of you like, but you didn't read the part before it. No, this yeah. is all the same thought process. And it just comes down to, and now these three remain faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love. And I mean, there's there's issue with that because a lot of people don't necessarily know what love is, but that's what we're supposed to be doing as Christians. As you grow in your relationship with God, you're supposed to be coming to know what love is because God is love. And so when you build relationship with love, then you learn what love is, period. And that way you're able to give that to other people. So if you love people, then you'll know how to approach them better. You'll figure out how to approach them better. Or you figure out, I don't need to approach you because I need to mind my business. I don't have to approach you to love you. like you know. So for any Christians who are listening and may be that judgmental, I got to hold everybody accountable, speak my mind. If I don't say something, then who going to say it? And you need to listen to me. I'm going to tell you, mind your business, get your relationship right, and drink your water. (laughs) Okay? And then for those who have been on the other side, I'm not going to tell you what to do with your relationship with God. I'm not going to tell you to go to church or not go to church. Um, But for me, I definitely had to. And I'm excuse me, I'm still constantly working on making sure that I don't rope in God with the church because that was definitely a thing for me before which I think that's what messed me up so much because once I was mad at those people then I became mad at God and I I knew it was happening and I remember like praying and like telling God like, I don't want to be mad at you but like, I can't help that I'm mad right now, like, I don't know but we gotta work on this. So so important to um To separate the two but at the same time it's not necessarily that you can't always separate the two it's not it is two different things but um we as the people are supposed to be examples of who god is and for a lot of people they struggle with a relationship with god because of the fact that we can't physically see or you know actually like touch god like tangibly um And so I believe that that is a huge part of why community is so important, why church gatherings are important, because as humans, like we do need that physical, tangible, visual, um, to help us in in our beliefs sometimes. And so when people end up disconnected because of what we have done, where we failed them, then I I honestly truly believe that we are failing God when that happens. Um, and I think that that's, I think that's one of like my biggest heartbreaks in life, honestly, because I'm so people, my friends and like people who just may have been around me, they hear me talk about the church and like, oh, sometimes I try not to, I'll argue people argue with other Christians <laughs> about the whole like church her topic and stuff. And I think that sometimes is portrayed as like me being, uh, I'm going to say sometimes, because I actually had a friend told me that, you know, I was just still bitter about what happened or whatever. Um, and it's not that. What it is, is I had an experience, and even before that experience, I knew that other people were having experiences, and I didn't like it then. And then I had my own experience, which was absolutely necessary for what I know that I'm called to do within the church. Um, and so, honestly... The way that I am is like this boldness and this like I'm not with the I can't cuss because I'm in my parents' house, but <laughs> I'm not with the food stuff. Um, it's like literally God made me this way. Like literally God made me this way. Like I, I, <laughs> I literally remember one day just being like God, like why am I like this? Like I'm so like I just be so ready. And it's pretty much like I was I've been like created and 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 raised in all these experiences stuff have brought me to be a person who's meant to shake the table. Like I we're not sitting at no table and just watching a bunch of mess go down. It's not happening. If I'm at the table, it's not happening. Mm -hmm. So especially when whatever the mess is that's going down is affecting other people. And it doesn't have to be that way. Like, you know, so um, back to what i was saying originally, if, if you are that person who's been in that position, um, one, I love you. You can talk to me cause maybe I'd be ready. No, <laughs> but no, seriously, um, take care of yourself. That's, I mean, I guess that's the, the best way to say to take care of yourself. Um, because whatever that means for you, you'll know, and it's not telling you, well, keep going to church. It'll get better. Or stop going to church because, you know, they don't care about you no way. I'm not going to tell you that. I try not to give people, like, exact answers because I don't know. Everybody's so different, um, as we've been saying this entire time. So whatever you need to make sure that you're good and that you continue to flourish and heal and grow and and get to the the space that you need to um, in order to be whatever, then do that. And bump these people. If you can, I would definitely say try to like still love them. Don't, you know, be to them what they were to you, which can be hard sometimes, honestly. Um, but yeah, love man, love. Love is love, is love, is love, is love. Is love is love. Is love is love, is love.
0: It is so Yeah. And also like there are the people that are in that in-between place of like you you're not the person that is doing all the judging and being harmful, but you're not also not the person that was harmed. You're the bystander. Mm-hmm. Um and there are a lot of bystanders who unintentionally create more harm by giving unhelpful advice. Um, The people that are like, oh, well, you just keep going to church, it'll get better or whatever. I would say to those people, like, really lean into listening to understand as opposed to listening to respond. Take take note of the fact and the truth that you don't have all the answers Mm -hmm. and that it's okay that you don't. And some people, they're not looking to you for answers. Um, I think when people experience trauma or abuse or any type of harm, they are most likely coming to you for support and to know that they're not alone in this. And so sometimes the best thing you can do is to just be there for them and to love them where they're at. And Try to direct them to appropriate spaces that can provide them the help that you can't give. And so that might mean, you know, helping them find a good therapist or support group or an alternative space that can meet their needs and give them the space to tell you what they need and when they tell you what they need respect that and honor that and do what you can to meet those needs and if you feel like you can't meet those needs then please be honest with that person Mm -hmm. and and redirect them to someone who can meet their needs because I've definitely done that before I've definitely been like listen I am not equipped to help you in this way but i know someone who can and here they are <laughs> right um and 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 it, it's so easy to go to the like religious clichés um but sometimes those 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 words the language can be triggering for people um i know for me like it took me a while to to reclaim some of some of the language that was given to me in church because it would remind me of the of that pain. Um, so just you know, be mindful of what you say. Um, and and yeah, don't want to leave out the bystander because I do think the bystander is a pivotal pivotal piece of 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 these situations and these conversations. So yeah.
1: Facts, thanks, thanks. thanks. <clears throat> this was a great conversation.
0: As always.
1: Yes. Always, always. You talked about, I forget what the name of it is, but it leads into Shameless Plug, right? Y- yeah, yeah. The place you went, I can't think of the name. Yes, Imaginarium. Imaginarium. I was literally, like, in my head was Emporium, and I'm like, I know that's not what it is. <laughs> I know that's not what it is.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I would love to share a little bit about Imaginarium. I actually so like I said before, I usually rehearse on Sundays with Found and typically we're there for many hours into the afternoon, evening time and um but I'd known I'd known about Imaginarium for a while but couldn't attend the gatherings because of the time but um i have recently been in connection with robin henderson espinoza um who is um a theologian an activist um scholar um trans queer latinx person that is just doing so many great things um and they are they wrote a book called activist theology and that is set to come out in October, I believe. Um, but yeah, I met them at a found show actually. Um, they were there and, um, so we, we, we started talking and since then I keep running into Robin. (laughs) Um, anyway, the last time I saw Robin, um, they were like you should come to Imaginarium because I am speaking on a panel about like gender and sexuality and and identity and so many other things and you should just come to Imaginarium and I was like well I (laughs) I don't know if I can I don't know if we have rehearsal or not and we were with um Stacy, the director, of found and Robin was like, "Listen, Stacy, you need to excuse Abra <laughs> from rehearsal because she needs to come to Imaginarium." Um, and then we ended up not having rehearsal anyway. Uh, but Stacy was like, "Yeah, you know, Abra, you should go like and tell me all about it." So I went, and um, basically, Imaginarium—it's um, uh, a nonprofit organization. Um, The purpose is to bring together individuals, communities, families, businesses in order to collectively imagine a better world and intentionally make it so. Like that's basically their their mission or vision, just imagining a better world and intentionally making it so. And so they, they have different events and programs and services to help cultivate that and so they they have bi-monthly uh gatherings on Sundays um and in those gatherings you know they'll they might have a, a speaker or like a in this case they had a panel um they engage in different practices so like um Like, right off the bat, like, yesterday, after they sort of, like, did, you know, announcements, I guess, like, we're going to be doing this, we're going to be doing that, Um, one of the first practices that we did was, um, they called it Tell Me Something Good, (laughs) and we sang, like, tell me something good, like, together, (laughs) and they invited people to just sort of shout out, like, what's good in your life, Um, because, like, you know... We're we're living in a time where it's so easy to point to the negative things happening in the world in our lives. And so inviting people to remind us that there is still good in the world. And what I loved was it was an inclusive space. So like they had like children and like older people, like it was multi generational, which is something that you don't often see in gatherings and spaces and like so even the little kids were invited to share and like some little kids were like I had pancakes this morning and it's like (laughs) you know just those like simple things (laughs) like yes that is so good especially to a child like pancakes are you know um everywhere from like I had pancakes in the morning to like um you know I'm getting my business off the ground or I'm I'm i hit a milestone in my career or in my marriage or in my life, you know, things like that. Um and then like doing practices that acknowledge the body, you know, things to help center us and ground us, to remind us to breathe, to remind us of our inherent worth, you know, as as living beings. Um so yeah, this the um uh, this was co-founded by Melissa Green, who um, she used to be, I believe she used to be a worship pastor at uh, Grace Point Church, was which is a church here in Nashville. Um, but I guess um, in her journey, she, you know, was like, I'm not really vibing with that anymore. And she co- created, um, Imaginarium, and, um, I got to meet her yesterday, and just, just excellent, like, loving, uh, cool person, and I hope to continue to, to, to stay connected, um, and to go to the gatherings when I can, and, um, yeah, so if you're in Nashville, um, you should check out Imaginarium, and I'll link all of their information in the in the show description, um, yeah, this past Sunday, uh, which was yesterday, um, they, they, uh, had a panel discussion about gender, sexuality, and identity, um, but through the lens of, like, capitalism and how capitalism, like, has informed a lot of our, like, problematic, like, views and practices about how we, um, the scripts that we've been given and the narratives we've been given about identity and, and, and gender and sexuality and all that. So if you go on their Facebook page, um, they like live stream the gathering so you can like actually go and like watch and listen to the conversation. And I believe the next gathering, which is like two, two weeks from now, they're going to continue it, but it's going to be through the lens of healing. Um, so, yeah, if you're in Nashville, check out Imaginarium. They gather twice a month, um, at, like, 3.30 to 5. So, there's that. <laughs> and, uh, I hope to, um, maybe have Robin on the show soon, because they're great, and I think you'd really, like, love them, Alicia, because, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: my shameless plug for the week is myself because your girl is back (laughs) i'm so excited for this (laughs) but yes so um shout out to my wonderful friend b for putting me on and getting me a job at a dance studio um so i will be teaching multiple classes um but the one i've been like really putting out there because it's more for um the older audience um it's a class that I created called feeling myself um definitely comes from Beyonce feeling myself um, but it's called feeling myself confident and fit um so if you are a woman and you are I believe they said we're going to start at 16 and up so if you're 16 and up um sign up for my class in Bloomington Normal at Twin Cities School of Dance um it is a six-week course just for the summer. Um, not sure about next year yet, but we're just starting out with the summer. Um, so the first class is this Thursday, June 6th. So um, if you want to do all six weeks, then after you hear this episode, go sign up immediately. Um, and you don't have to pay the fee until the first day of classes. Or you can pay it before if you have the money. Um, for six weeks total, it is $75, which is... Uh, A huge thing Um, but I um, luckily got the numbers that I needed for the class to be you know legit and so um I was able to get a um, like a one-time class fee or whatever um, for those who may not be able to commit to all six weeks but want to just like pop into a class so if that is the case then that is $18 for a class so what are you are gonna do all six weeks or just come dance with me one time doesn't matter it'll be a great experience I'm so 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 excited for this I've been wanting to do this for like the last like two years and never um really went into it or like did the work to like really make it happen um so for my friend to just so easily be like you want to work in a studio? I think you need to be dancing again. <laughs> and literally just like, you know, contact the people that she's connected to and get me a job within like a day, not even. Um, I'm very grateful. And like I said, I'm excited. So come dance with me.
0: Yay. I, I just want to take a moment to celebrate you, Alicia. <laughs> and I'm so happy. Excited for you because I share in your friend sentiment. I think you need to be dancing and teaching more again um, and forever more if you so <laughs> choose to. Um, I'm so I'm so excited because I know you've been, you know, cooking up these ideas for a while. And um, I'm excited to to see what happens for you this summer and i i hope that you know you get a lot of people and good feedback and um that it like grows into something i i think it has the potential to grow into something really special
1: thank you so much i appreciate it yes you pray um, for my body My knees be trying to break down on me when something good is happening Yeah.
0: Yes. I'm praying for your needs specifically. Thank (laughs) you.
1: We want to thank all of our listeners for tuning in. Continue the conversation with us. Develop a community with other misfits and mystics like us and get your latest updates on shameless plugs and other news by following us on social media. We are on Instagram at misfits and mystics pod, Twitter at misfits mystics. And we also have a Facebook page that you can like and share. Want to reach us directly?
0: Shoot us an email at misfitsandmysticspod at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you, and with your permission, we might give you a shout out on future episodes.
1: Don't forget to subscribe on whatever streaming service you're using to stay up to date on newest episodes being released.
0: Leave us a review on iTunes to help us gain more visibility. Plus, we appreciate the feedback.